Hello, and welcome back to This Person I Met. In today's episode, we have Lindsay Kaka talking about something that you might have seen in action for yourself in the streets of downtown Ann Arbor. Ground Cover News, the newspaper that she has managed for the past three years, works to provide a source of income for hundreds of low-income or homeless individuals in our community. Um, so could you introduce yourself to me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so my yeah. name is Lindsay Kalka, and I am the director and publisher of Ground Cover News. Um, I have been living in Ann Arbor for six years. I moved here from Florida uh, to go to undergrad at U of M, um, and within a very small period of time, I kind of just was immersed in the homeless community, was mm-hmm. volunteering in a variety of different things, and one of those things was Ground Cover. Um, so I've been with the organization for almost that entire time I've lived here, but in a lot of different roles, starting as a volunteer, then as the layout designer, I interned for a little bit, and then started as director in 2021. Um, and so it's been, it's cool to see how my kind of journey here um, in this town has been totally, uh, Ground Cover has always been with me for mm-hmm. all those things. And can you t- tell me a little bit more about Ground Cover? Um, was there kind of like a specific event, you know, that started its creation? Oh, yeah. So the history dates back to 2010 when our founder, Susan Beckett, was visiting her daughter in Washington State. I think she was in Seattle and came across a street vendor of Real Change News, which is the street paper in Seattle. And as I think many people can relate to here, you know, the interaction um, purchasing street or uh, Real Change really impacted her. and. It was just like kind of like sparked her her passion for wanting to do that here. So yeah. when she came back from her trip, um, she, from what I can tell, this is kind of lore now because yeah, it's yeah. her founding story, but like kind of just immediately started figuring out how we could pull that off in our community. So um, that was the beginning. It was just really her uh, hitting the, the grindstone and like really organizing in the community to pull off this project. And it's been through a lot of growth and change and... Um, yeah, a lot of people think of ground cover kind of defined by these eras that um, mm-hmm. of its history. But yeah, ever since then, we've been doing our thing, which is printing this paper and um, providing lots of low barrier employment in mm-hmm. Washtenaw County. Our mission statement, um, we actually just changed it, but it's ground cover news exists to one, offer low barrier employment opportunities um, to self-determined individuals in Washtenaw County. And then two, to produce a street newspaper that uplifts the voices of marginalized individuals. And three, to promote an action that contributes towards a just, caring, and equal mm-hmm. society. So um, kind of has these three prongs of the work, the newspaper, and this very human interaction that's purchasing the paper that uh, up until recently we kind of, not downplayed, but it wasn't in our language and the way that we talked about the importance of ground cover is is that that activity. Mm-hmm. And I think you mentioned the term street news. Is that kind mm-hmm. of the definition of street yeah, news? Yeah, street newspaper. Yeah, okay. it's like, I feel like its defining qualities are uh, a physical paper that you have to buy from someone to get and that that person selling it is is working, like the, that's their income. Um, and the content of the paper varies across the street paper network. So ground cover is the only ground cover uh, and the only street paper in Washtenaw County, but there is an equivalent of that in Toledo and in Nashville and in Seattle and Oregon and um, 
Milan, Australia, like all places over the world because um, it's a model that really works. Mm-hmm. And are you connected to these other newspapers? Mm-hmm. We are. Yeah. It's, it's a very cool, uh, it's more of a digital connection. Like we have Zoom meetings and um, have a newswire that we share content. Uh, but yeah, it's it's there's so many similarities between these papers. Like we really have a shared um, kind of the street paper movement is real. Yeah. And to clarify, so you weren't involved in the creation of ground cover? Mm-hmm. No. Okay. Yeah. Um, so did you have like experience working in kind of this newspaper setting before? No, <laughs> no um, not at all. I actually, I don't have a background in journalism. My background is in social work and theory. That's what I did my um, undergrad kind of training in. But I think when it comes to news, of course, I had to, like, study up on the AP style and, yeah. like, kind of, you know, the ethics of journalism and stuff. But um, if you have a good story and you have a story to tell, news writing, it is, you know, writing is a skill that you can develop over time. And um, But kind of having your nose to the... <laughs> to the story or to like know people whose stories are worth telling like and that's everybody and figuring out ways to do that is is what I see that the importance of what ground cover is doing Mm -hmm. um and yeah it's we're all learning together with the journalism thing um but there are so many you know again stories we're telling things revealing to the community that we never uh struggle to to find those things mentorship from so what does your job kind of entail just yeah it's um it, it's pretty cleanly cut down between the director and publisher mm-hmm. activities. So director is, you know, nonprofit management. I do all the accounting and I keep track of our data and I do staffing and manage the volunteers and the vendors and uh, run the office and those types of activities. And then the publisher um, is it's the equivalent of what most people think of as editor-in-chief. We have a separate editor um, part-time role. Her name is Cynthia Price. And she does, like, the copy editing and works with writers. Um, but I, yeah, our, our language at Ground Cover is publisher rather than editor-in-chief. But, like, you know, I plan out um, all the issues and kind of say yes or no to content. I'm formulating our storyboard, um, which is story ideas, and assigning them to writers, um, organizing all the stuff. I also do the design, so I edit the photos and put the newspaper together um, and communicate with the the real publishers, which is the Tecumseh Herald, who prints the paper Mm -hmm. um, and delivers it to us every other week. And lots of stuff in between, like, I don't know, the... I don't know, it's hard to describe. It's just the stuff that comes out of, like, being in the office on a daily basis, all the very, like, um, human and, like whether it be crisis or celebration or the things that are when you're with, you know, maybe 40 other people. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is it, so is it just you and your publisher or is it kind of a larger team? It's so staff wise, I'm the only full-time staff. Um, we have Cynthia who is a part-time editor and then I have a variety of interns. Sometimes there's social work interns. Sometimes there's a deputy editor intern. Um, Sometimes, like we're next year, we're going to have a development intern. So these are typically undergrad students that are in the office on a part-time basis, uh, but kind of put on the hat of being staff. Like they can, you know, enforce rules and have keys and do stuff like that. Um, and then we have a ton of office volunteers, and so we have anywhere from like ten to twenty people that are committed to being in the office on a weekly basis. They do paper sales to the vendors, um, help run the office, and all that kind of stuff and then 
the anywhere from 30 to 50 vendors that sell the newspaper. Mm -hmm. um, so it's weird. It's like sometimes I'm like, I'm the only person that works here. And sometimes I'm like, I have 100 coworkers, yeah. Yeah. Um, depending on what is happening at any given moment. Yeah. So I, I, I know that's something that's pretty special about Ground Cover is like the relationship you guys have with your vendors. Mm -hmm. So could you tell me a little bit more about that? Like, do you maintain relationships with them outside of Ground Cover or are they involved in the publishing process? Or yeah, um, it's really the, I think the biggest beauty of it is every person can decide how much they want to be involved. Like we have, I'm thinking of Hailu, who is a vendor who also serves on the board and is on the production committee and operations committee. Um, you know, it's like he's super involved and contributes a ton yeah. to both the organization and the newspaper. Um, and then we also have someone, you know, who maybe they really just need to sell ground cover to fill in this gap. And maybe they come only during the summer for a little bit and they're going to sell the paper. And we know them and we can recognize unique things about them and their personality and stuff. But like, you know, not... Right not a total wraparound the way that other people have. So we have everywhere in between that. Um, but in general, if someone wants to be as involved as possible, like I'm all about that and I want that so much because yeah, it's it's not fun if it's Lindsay's newspaper. It's we want it to be a community newspaper with lots of different voices and hands in the pot. Um, in terms of like the social pieces of it, like <laughs> yeah, it's we we call it the ground cover news family. Like it is just like so that and it's because not that we are like unprofessional or <laughs> uh, we don't have boundaries but just that yeah it's a very people are coming in at in a lot of different um maybe more vulnerable stages and like if we had the same vibe as maybe like M live and the way that we relate yeah. to each other that's just not gonna work um yeah. so i think you know i learn a lot uh always like i'm always having these big lessons about how we relate to one another and how that can hurt or help um our project, but in general, um, yeah, I've, I feel very lucky to have the relationships that I have through ground cover and ones that again, like for as long as I've lived here, these are the, the relationships that have lasted that whole time. Where I can't say the same with other work I've been involved in or other even community organizations or even friendships. Like these mm -hmm. are very, very strong. And how do you come into contact with these vendors? Do you, do they kind of just, just walk in the door? Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I would say, like, we do we do a lot of, like, recruitment activities mm -hmm. by just, like, being in the community. Um, I think, you know, anyone can roll up to Delanis <laughs> or to a, some sort of, like, agency and try and ask people to join. But if they don't know you, right. yeah. and like, that doesn't sound like it would work. You're going to sell a newspaper and, you know, support yourself. But, like, if people, again, experiencing homelessness, needing work, like, we have lots of different people that come to ground cover um but if they see a vendor being successful that's kind of the best mm -hmm. invitation is like damn like maybe i can do that too um so i would say always our vendors are our best um recruiters um but also like if i just meet people out and about and they share about their writing or they share about their interests i just I can't help but say, oh, you would be so, like, you, you should really check out the ways that we can work together. Um, but yeah, recently we've had a lot of folks return um, who had maybe sold ground cover five years ago when they're in active, like, homelessness, and now they're, they're housed and they have a different job and they just need, like, a little extra oomph um, in, their, in their pocket. And, like, you know, you're always welcome to come back. So there's kind of those layers of, of people that are 
it's starting to come in. Um, but in general, like the homeless community is very, it's a, it's a small town, like everyone kind of knows everybody. And so everyone knows ground cover. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's kind of their constant, uh, the relationship to it or their opinion of it changes and then maybe someone is interested in, in starting. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. <laughs> uh, do you know all of them personally? I looked on your website and there's like a lot of vendors, right? There are. Yeah. Um, I actually just for end of year purposes ran some numbers and like at any given point we have like 35 to 42 active vendors and that is the amount of people who bought an issue. So like Yesterday, we came out with our holiday issue between yesterday, December 15th, and December 29th. The amount of people that come into the office to purchase the paper is an, an active vendor for that cycle. Um, so sometimes, again, you know, the Christmas season, a lot of people are going to come back. We're going to spike up to, like, 45. But, eh, last week of January, but it's freezing, yeah. and everyone is, like, bored of holiday cheer and buying stuff. We might drop down a little bit. Um so that's, you know, not that many people. It sounds like a lot, but, like, it's we used to have a lot more than that a long time ago. Um, throughout the year, we had 103 unique vendors sell the paper. So that's very different than the 35, but, again, it's because we have seasonal kind of changes with some people are only going to sell during the winter or the summer. Um, or, you know, homelessness is a very transient identity and so someone might okay something is happening I need to get out of town or my family member is in this situation so I'm going to leave or come back and um that causes a lot of of turnover but we never know you know if someone leaves who knows they could be back in two years or by the next issue um but yeah it's about 100 I guess people every year that are participating in different ways we also have our, our writers, which there's a ton of overlap with the vendors and the writers. Um, there are you know a handful of folks that only write. Mm -hmm. And do you know any stories of vendors who've like successfully been able to be stably housed or? Oh yeah, that's like a ton of people. And <laughs> um, there, of course, I think we have some of these like token stories, which by accident tend to we crystallize as these token stories. But I I don't like doing that just because it's like everyone is so different and like uh it part of our mission is to kind of like erode uh these stereotypes or kind of these like success stories you know um but we just came out with a magazine for the holiday season called vendor voices which we've done before but it was the first time it was in a magazine and it's um i don't know the exact number i think it's like 15 um literal life stories of vendors like <laughs> they had the choice to like do you want to start from birth or do you want to just talk about from the time you're on the street or like where you're at now like people have total control of what they defined as that story but um everyone in it was housed currently wow. and that, that wasn't like my intention with selecting people it just like um but in retrospect like literally was published and I'm like holding it I'm like dang that is a testament, even though it's like, it doesn't say it anywhere, it's just like that's a testament to what mm -hmm. we're doing. And um, the, I think, misconception that a lot of people have is they think um, people sell ground cover and they get back on their feet, get another job, or get into housing, and then they should move on and do something else. But a lot of people connect deeply with the work and whatever their barriers to finding a job certainly were impacted by experiencing homelessness. And a lot of times those barriers don't go away when they're housed. Um, if someone, their um, maybe a mental health diagnosis, 
you know, makes it difficult for them to do X, Y, and Z, um, you're maybe not hireable in a certain way. So yeah, we have a ton of people who make that transition and we celebrate it and it's wonderful and we don't ask them to leave. We say, yeah. now maybe you can do it even more. That's great. Um, but yeah, it's, I would say that maybe a person who's gravitated towards ground cover, like that kind of stuff is always not what people know immediately. So like maybe just their most trusted customers they're sharing that info with. So a lot of those time are things that, um, examples of people being housed aren't put on in the spotlight necessarily mm-hmm. that takes us. And just to clarify, the uh, writers of Ground Cover, are they uh, like vendors as well? or Yeah, they don't have to be, but they, they are um, mostly. <laughs> uh, in 2021, sorry, um, we started our freelance writing program. It was funded through a, a grant from um, First United Methodist Church. It's called the Jackson Social Welfare Fund, and we piloted doing, like, kind of just giving cash stipends to our writers. Up until then, um, vendors were, and they've always been super encouraged to write, but they were just given, like, um, some free papers for doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, But now we, it's its own other employment thing, so people um, get cash stipends, and who knows, that might evolve into something else, but um, for writing it's broken down by like a creative expression piece or a reporting assignment and for the first year only vendors were uh, eligible for that so that certainly like we had a way more vendor writing or like only vendor writing in that period got some feedback that like or i don't know people were starting to like do orientations just so that they could access the writing program and i'm like that's silly you know yeah. wastes resources and time to do that so how can we do this for anybody with lived experience of homelessness? So that's what we are doing now, mm-hmm. a little bit bigger, um, which has invited more writers that, you know, never want to sell paper but love ground cover and want to contribute to it in that way, um, which is great. I will say there's this there's a trend that you kind of come in through one way and then you're like, ooh, you know, I can, I'm a writer and I really want to make sure that people are reading my piece, so I want to sell the paper so I can point it out and, like, oh, you know, yeah. connect with someone and say, okay, you know me, you should read this thing that I wrote. Um, similarly, we have salespeople that are selling the paper, and they're like, I could probably make more sales if I have something in here that I, like, kind of feel, have ownership of. So then they start writing, and that's beautiful, and I love that. Um, I would say... Um, the library this year has been one of our biggest partners with our podcast that we've done. Um, and we also just use the space a lot and their resources for like the thing that we haven't talked about much, um, is ground cover being like this kind of educational space. Like we're always doing workshops and trying to like build skills and, um, yeah, provide work training in addition to work experience. So, um, the library just being so close to us, uh, literally on like the same block, and it having the same values of, yeah, being accessible to the homeless community, you know, um, providing people with these basic things that we think everyone should have access to. And, um, yeah, we've, we've done a lot of cool things this year. You just mentioned the workshops. So are these workshops to train um, people specifically to work for ground cover or just, like, life skills in general? Life skills. Mm-hmm. We've done – I've started doing, like, series uh, – Basically, just because there's so many things that we want to do. Um, so we just did like an increasing your income series. So it was sales 101, advertising sales, Venmo and digital mm-hmm. payments, and then sales 201. Um, 
And we need that stuff all the time because right. people are selling every day. But then in the past we've done anger management or de-escalation, uh, Narcan, um, writing workshops, news writing. Um, yeah, the, the sky's the limit. If someone is like, has the skill and wants to host the workshop, I'm like, please come and do it because we need, <laughs> we do, um, we do them every other week. So, oh, like to this day, a year. Yeah. yeah, yeah. In kind of like shifting gears, uh, from your own observations, mm-hmm. where do you think kind of the problem of homelessness stems from? Oh wow, yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, capitalism, right? The <laughs> and that's very vague, and I'm sure some people will be like. That's a cop-out answer, but um, I knew that, and then I work in this job, and I exist in the world, and I know people really well, and you see this happening over and over. Um, Just yesterday at the vendor meeting, someone brought up, and kind of just like went on this rant, but it was like it's important that we always bring it to mind that like there's not a housing crisis that we think because there's a surplus amount of housing. Like homeless people, out of everything, Need housing. That's it. Mm-hmm. And we have that. And it's not affordable. It's not safe. It's not accessible. There's just like, there are enough empty units and they are too expensive for people to walk into. Um, so, yeah, uh, there's a, it, it, homelessness intersects with, you know, addiction, with mental, with lack of mental health, lack of medical care. Um, mass incarceration and the barriers that people in reentry or, you know, kind of constantly being picked up by the system and a lot of other things, food insecurity, you know, employment being, have a lot of barriers to it. Um, it's all of those things. And homelessness still is just people who don't have shelter and don't have housing. Um, so I think I ground cover, I have my own, you know, political understanding of the way things are and always what will move the needle on things is people like hearing people's stories and drawing their own conclusions about how that's happening and oftentimes people's stories are just you know you talk to people all the time and you you just get so frustrated and angry and like that anger is what motivates people to make change and to like you know raises their consciousness of how this this works um but yeah, sorry, I could go on and on about this. And, <laughs> and so with Ground Cover, you know, it's like we're a news organization. That's our purpose is to, you know, uplift the voices of people who know the truth and are going to share these things in the community. Um, and it's a very empowering thing. If so, like in these kind of like moments of crisis or like traumatic events happen to people and they're kind of just like stuck in this thing and it feels hopeless to be able to know that like, even if they do nothing when they put their story out there, it's not for nothing. That they like that could, you know, the director of some organization or a politician or just their neighbor could read that and want to do something different or think, oh, maybe you know that person's issue was related to this. How can I contribute to maybe having that not happen again? Um, and I, I, you know, it's impossible to quantify really how that happens on like a person-to-person basis, but I know that that's. That's in some ways why I'm here right now is knowing people's stories and um, being fired up to do something about it. So um, I can't say it 
it doesn't work because it, it does. <laughs> yeah. Um, and does ground cover have any specific goals it's working towards? Right now? Yeah. Um, well, yes. In a way, we have, like, organizational goals for just, like, expansion. Mm-hmm. I would say when it comes to, like, making change with homelessness, there is a certain, like, the tides kind of go in and out on certain stuff, but the need for shelter and better shelter in this community is just like everyone is on the same page about that. Some people think like there's kind of a debate of like, we don't want, we want more shelters. We don't want more Delanises. Like we don't want more cramped, um, like overcrowded, like a lack of services. Like, you know, yeah. uh, we need specific shelters for people's needs, like family shelter and women's shelter or, you know, um, gender-neutral spaces for people, um, physically accessible bathrooms. And so, like, there's just, like, out of this laundry list of stuff of, like, we can't just, like, need, we don't need another of what we have. Right. Because that will just replicate the issue. Um, and, yeah, there's, um, you can see, if you follow, it's exhausting, but follow through, like, the city and the county's budget decisions and the debates that they're having about solving these problems over and over again you kind of just see this misunderstanding or like that there's a lot of awareness that needs to be shared and so I think ground cover at this point is like we're we want to participate in that Mm -hmm. and so we're following more closely these things that are happening in local government and lining our advocacy and our stories related to those things not in such a direct way and that we're just reporting on what's happening but just like making sure what we're putting out there can educate um, those decision makers or people who are act, like participating in activism to influence them. Um, and next year we have some goals of new issues that we're going to do and kind of new themed issues and stuff that um, I think will will be cool. So you know, stay tuned for that. And, I will. and uh, what can people outside of Ground Cover do to support you guys? Yeah. Um, buy the paper and read the paper. That is like... <laughs> The bare bones, best thing to do. You will get benefits of coupons <laughs> and uh, entertainment, right? Yes. It's a wonderful publication. But I sometimes even, like, I have to edit the thing. So I read it front to back. Yeah. <laughs> I loved reading that. And I'm like, this is my job. I'm so lucky. But I think sometimes people nowadays are always in a rush always flying around but I'm sure there are like stacks of ground cover at people's houses that they haven't read through they haven't read every piece and nothing is just burner space like we all we put something in there that has meaning so I think if people really read the paper they get to know people they, and they think about it and like even if you talk about these issues or talk about these things with people in your life that is just that's that's the thing that really again like kind of shifts people's consciousness and awareness of homelessness um and then on top of that if you want to like get involved and do all that stuff we're going to have actually we twice a year we do like a volunteer orientation you can always show up and like talk to me about volunteering at any point but if you need like a a date and a time (laughs) on january 19th we're going to have a new volunteer orientation and that's going to kind of go into all the different opportunities from office volunteering to newspaper um to you know remote remote work that we can do for volunteering so mm-hmm. yeah and where can we find these vendors like typically where where are they located um downtown ann arbor and ipsy 
the if you like <laughs> can think of high flow traffic areas there will be vendors there but like the locations I always rattle off are like anywhere on Liberty mm-hmm. in downtown so like Liberty and Division Liberty and Fifth Liberty and Fourth Liberty and Maine Liberty and Ashley <laughs> um, the farmers market people's food co-ops like any kind of intersection in Cary Town area um, if you attend a church there might be a vendor at your church um, and then in Ipsy, Depot Town, downtown areas, there's less kind of like very, very high traffic foot corners, but um, certainly like Ipsy Food Co-op, different areas in Depot Town and your main intersections of downtown Ipsy. Um, yeah, but the best thing is when you just are like, you walk upon a vendor yeah. and you're like, oh, I can't believe I'm here and you're here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's so great. Uh, so. Right. That's all the questions I have, but if there's anything else you'd like to add, you can feel free Well, to I'll say, if you like listening to podcasts, you should listen to Ground Cover Speaks, which is something that we started this year. I have no idea uh, what the listener rates are because <laughs> it's managed by the library, but um, if, or if you know someone who is um, blind or print disabled, please refer them to that because uh, that's what we started it for. But if you just you know like to have stuff running in the background... And you don't have the time to read the paper. Listening to it is a great way to do that thing that I talked about earlier with engaging with the content. Yeah. So it's is it just like reading the? Yeah. yeah it's okay. the yeah. writers reading their pieces oh. or being the way they're printed. Yeah. Oh wow, yeah. that's so cool. Yeah. And we we're kind of dipping our toe into like image descriptions and that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, we're kind of moving at the speed of our capacity. But yeah, it's a really cool project, and the it just it's wonderful to hear people's voices are just yeah i mean i'm sure you know but like it's a really unique thing mm-hmm. that uh audio stuff captures in a way that i just never knew from talking to people that to hear it recorded is so wonderful for history and kind of capturing something else yeah As Lindsay explained, the Ground Cover podcast is a way for the writers of the newspaper to deliver their stories in a verbal fashion. In the next episode, you'll be able to hear a few snippets from this podcast, so stay tuned for that. And as always, thank you so much for your support.